Welcome into the Jaguars Broadcast Week in Review podcast presented by TIAA Bank. JP Shadrick with you, and today is Friday, February 26th, and we've got the best of the week from Jaguars Broadcasting, including NFL media reporter Steve Weich explaining the pre draft buildup around Trevor Lawrence. Should the Jaguars use the franchise tag on left tackle Cam Robinson? NFL media analyst Bucky Brooks weighs in. And original Jaguars employee Dan Edwards explains his new role. If you haven't subscribed yet to the Jaguars official podcast network, what in the world are you doing? Get it done. It's available on Apple iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you get your pods. Give us a comment and leave a five-star rating. This would have been the week for the NFL Scouting Combine in Indianapolis, and this would have been the Jaguars' year to dominate the scene in Indy, with a new head coach in Urban Meyer, the number one overall draft pick, and another first-round pick. Unfortunately, it is not being held this year due to COVID-19 concerns. On the Huddle Up podcast Wednesday, NFL media analyst Bucky Brooks, senior writer John Osher, and I reminisced about what we miss about the Combine in and out of the media center. When they're on the podium, how they answer questions, whether it's I always like a guy who can carry on a little bit of a conversation Mm -hmm. and uh, look reporters in the eye rather than feeling like they're on stage. There's a little bit of a different feel that guys have. So, yeah, I miss it a lot. Other than always coming home sick. Coming home sick. What are you? Oh, the combine? You you, you can't handle it. You can't handle it. Okay, so, so John, I'm going to tell you something that my dad told me when when I was younger. If you burn the candle at both ends, it will burn up. So you have to earmark your energy a little differently. So if you're going to be Mr. Combine during the day, you can't be Mr. Combine at night too. So you got to make but if sure. You're, if you're not burning the candle at both ends of the Combine, Buck, what do you, I've seen, I've seen you closing prime every now and then. Yeah. Oh, I, I absolutely close it, but look, my candle has a long wick. It takes, sure. it takes a lot for me to burn up. Sure. But I, I don't come on, I don't come on sick. It's like, taken years uh, of conditioning for Bucky to get this spry. In Indy. <laughs> no, but uh, John, you, you mentioned something that I always think is interesting, like listening to the prospects at the podium, particularly the quarterbacks, because this year would be very important to hear Trevor mm-hmm. Lawrence there because you want to see how does he carry Can he handle the weight of being the face of the franchise? Because he, the quarterback, is the most important guy in the room because he represents and puts out the message that has been conveyed in the room. So can he handle those responsibilities? Bucky's thoughts on Cam Robinson and his top five tight end prospects coming up a little bit later. We move now to Monday's Jaguars Reporters Podcast. Ashwin Sullivan, Brian Sexton, Osher, and I took a look at the wide receiver room for the Jags. Could the Jaguars let it ride without free agents or a high draft pick? Are you confident with the wide receivers you have on this roster if you do not add this offseason? And when I say add, I mean you go spend a ton of money in free agency to get a number one guy, or you use maybe your top four picks on a wide receiver. If the Jaguars do not do that, John, are you comfortable with where the roster stands at wide receiver? Comfortable, but I'd be a lot more comfortable with one more. I mean, it, it's, uh, <laughs> I guess my answer is no, and it's not a knock on DJ or LaVisca. I think those guys are, are going to be very, very good. But I think in the NFL now, I think you need one more to that mix. So, uh, I don't know if that means A-Rob. I don't know if that means a top uh, 25 pick. Add one more and maybe have it be a burn. Pure speed guy. All righty. A-Rob, JP, what are you thinking? Yeah, so I guess we're assuming that a lot of these guys are going to be free agents and Keelan Cole and Chris Conley and D.D. Westbrook. So in that case, just by 
math. I'm not a math major. I took three classes in four years at Alabama in math, but you need more receivers on the field. So I'd say, yes, I need, you need a speed, speed, speed guy. And that's what they don't have. So JP, Brian, you I... took all the classes they had in math at Alabama? All three of them. Yes, <laughs> I did. Oh, nice. <laughs> One was remedial, but that's okay. Brian, I'm under the impression that Keelan Cole stays with this equation. What do you think? Yeah, I'm, especially if he stays, I'm comfortable with the group that's out there. You've got the size and the speed, and I, I really like DJ Chark's mindset. I think LaVisca Chenault is a terrific Swiss Army knife type of player can do a lot of things. I liked what we saw from Colin Johnson. We know what Keelan Cole can be. Now, if I could have A-Rob, because I love A-Rob personally, I'd like A-Rob. But if you leave me with that group this year, I'm okay. All righty. There you have it. Go get one more. Or not. Mixed bag here. The Jaguars Reporters Podcast runs Monday afternoon on the Jaguars official podcast network. Tuesday morning, of course, it's Jags Drive Time. The Trevor Lawrence talk continues, and this time a visit with ACC Network analyst and former Clemson offensive lineman Eric McLean to see if Lawrence can lead the way in an NFL locker room. Eric, thank you for waking up with us, and I have to ask before we start grilling you with questions, are you tired of talking about Trevor Lawrence yet? No, not not at all. And, and first of all, thank you guys for having <laughs> me on. I think that he is you know, that special of a player that, you know, he deserves it. He, he really is this generational talent. I think that whatever franchise ends up taking him, I think we all are going to assume that it's going to be the Jaguars and you guys that the team's going to be very happy with what they get from this young man. Eric, let's look forward to, let's say, August and training camp and Trevor Lawrence is in the locker room and we're just playing a hypothetical situation. What kind of guy is he in an NFL locker room? How do you see this going? Is he lead by example? Is he rah-rah, get the team together coming in as a rookie? How do you see this shaking out? Yeah, I think he certainly is going to be that guy that is going to lead by example early, right? But at the end of the day, you're an NFL quarterback. You're hoping to be a starting NFL quarterback. You've got to be the voice as well. And I think that's going to be one thing that is very different from what we saw from him as a freshman at Clemson to now being a rookie in the NFL. You know, his freshman year, it wasn't necessarily his team. You know, he didn't come in and start right away. He had to kind of earn that way. And, and certainly he will still have to do that with the Jaguars, but it's it's different. It, it is his team. It is his franchise. And so I just have to believe that he's going to be much more vocal, be much more confident and in, in knowing this is my offense. This is my team. Let's go as far as we can. Drive Time airs Tuesday mornings at 10 o'clock on the Jags social channels with the podcast available later. Now more from the Wednesday Huddle Up podcast. The franchise tag window is open, but what could be the Jaguars' approach with left tackle Cam Robinson? It's a two-week window through Tuesday, March 9th. Uh, The name most associated with this around the Jaguars has been left tackle Cam Robinson. The cost Bucky's what, $14.5 million. That would be exclusive for a year. Could they transition tag in this time frame? Is that a different time frame? I know the price is a little bit lower, but there's negotiation yeah. options for the player. Yeah. Uh, the, what's the feel here? I mean, the, look, you could do the transition tag, and that would give you an opportunity to match the offer. And if you didn't match it, then you would get compensation coming back. The exclusive offer means you can't negotiate anywhere. It's one-stop one shopping. It's, it's the team and the player. You have to figure it out. 
I do wonder what this looks like because we'll, we'll really get a great sense of what the Jaguars feel about Cam Robinson because are they willing to pony over that money? Are they willing to give him a long-term deal? Uh, we've always already talked about the offensive line appears to be in pretty good shape. And, you know, if you bring him back, um, you feel good about the continuity. Uh, you have the offensive line coach being retained. Like everything is the same. And so maybe that gives you a chance to kind of hit the ground running. But if you move on from Cam Robinson, either you elect to keep him on the franchise tag, that means maybe you have to look at the pool, um, bottom of the first round, top of the second round. Do you have to evaluate offensive tackles and those things? I will say this. The Jaguars have to evaluate Cam Robinson versus what could be available. And so what could be available in the 20s at offensive tackle versus Cam Robinson? What could be available the top of the second round versus Cam Robinson? Because if they feel like potentially they could get a better option, a cheaper option, it then gives you even more cash to go and play, play with at other, at other positions. And so that's something for a team that's loaded with cash. I don't know how many more discounts you need, but I mean, you could go with a, a, a bigger checkbook and write bigger checks to maybe bring over some, some marquee players. Well, there's also the case, JPL. I'll play devil's advocate on that a little bit. At number 25, if they don't like Cam, then you can easily go get a guy there. And it seems like there are guys to go get. But it's not like there's not other spots they can go get to. So Mm -hmm. if you think you also have to decide, okay, if we have to go get left tackle, what else is there at 25 and 33 that we could better benefit ourselves? You know, so I think it would behoove them to franchise him with the idea that if you have to use that draft equity, then it's draft equity that you can't use on a safety or you mm-hmm. can't use on a corner, which they may need both. Mm-hmm. You can't use on a receiver. I mean, mm. it's not like this team was rolling out a bunch of elite guys last year. So you can only do so much. There's only so much prime equity that you have. So I wonder if that won't play into it as well. That makes sense, John. And, and if you think of it this way, whether you have the intention of doing a long-term deal or not, it makes it a nice stopgap. For at least a mm-hmm. year, you go status quo, you see how he plays. And if he plays at a level where you want to extend him and sign him to a bigger deal, perfect. He gets a bunch of cash in his pocket this year. He may not show up for some things, whatever, but eventually he'll show up to make sure that he cashes in on the big payday. Sure. Um, and then it does give you an opportunity, if you're Urban Meyer and Trent Baalke, to begin to build the team in the image that you see fit. What players do we need to kind of change the tide of the culture in the locker room, the results on the field and those things. So uh, it's not a bad play. I I would fully expect him to get some kind of tag initially if they can't get the long-term deal done, because I mean, just kind of like putting a little bookmark on it, you know, and then you kind of see how it plays out, but I don't think it necessarily changes your draft plan at all. When we return, Steve Weich on the buzz surrounding Urban Meyer's arrival in the NFL. A look at the top tight end prospects in the NFL draft. Plus, a Jaguars original explains his new role. All that after this. Jags fans, TIAA Bank is here to help you keep your money working hard, week in and week out. Open a yield pledge checking or money market account today and start scoring some of the most competitive rates in the country. To see how we can fit into your financial game plan, visit a financial center near you or find us online at TIAABank.com slash Jags. TIAA Bank is a division of TIAA, FSB, member FDIC, and the official bank of the Jacksonville Jaguars. Welcome back to the Jaguars broadcast week in review podcast presented by TIAA Bank. And of course, new head coach Urban Meyer is locked in and ready to deliver a championship to Northeast Florida. Don't miss your chance to be at TIAA Bank Field this fall and watch history in the making. Lock in those tickets for 2021. 
by placing a deposit right now at jaguars.com. Limited lower bowl tickets remain, and if you have questions, call 904-633-2000 to learn more. Also remember to subscribe to the official Jaguars Podcast Network on Apple iTunes or wherever fine podcasts are downloaded. I'm not sure where bad ones are downloaded. Leave a comment for us, and while you're at it, give us five stars. We move to the Ozone podcast from Wednesday. Senior writer John Osher visited with NFL media reporter Steve Weich. Osher and Weich covered the Florida Gators beat together in the early 90s, and it was a great visit. Check it out on the podcast network. Weich discusses the buzz around Urban Meyer's arrival in the NFL, plus the noise around other quarterbacks in the pre-draft process outside of Trevor Lawrence. Is there a lot of interest to see if this works, if the college coach comes in and has success, uh, just what's the general feel you get for that? Yeah, I think the college coach NFL thing is, I, I think that story's been written. You know, once Jim Harbaugh came in and won ball games, and we've seen other coaches, you know, people are really excited. I think Matt Rule is going to turn things around in Carolina. So I think with Urban, I think, you know, it's really, it's funny. There's, there's not that much buzz. It, it's kind of a wait and see type of thing. And, and that's, you know, I, th- I think there's a lot more intrigue as, as to what's going to happen, you know, with some other team, with Robert Sala and the Jets. Again, they've got number two. Are they going to keep Sam right. Darnold? Are they going to – Are they? so I think there's a lot more attention being paid to that. And I think with Urban, it's kind of like, okay, you know, Urban's got time. Mm-hmm. You know, they know that it is a, a, a rebuild type of thing. So year one, maybe there's no snap judgments unless they come and have a lot of success out of the gate. Or it looks like another disaster out of the gate. I think everyone just kind of like, okay, that's that's a patient thing. But there just there isn't a whole lot of conversation at the moment right now about Urban Meyer himself, about the Jaguars draft situation, absolutely, but not so much about him. How often are we going to hear between now and April 29th that Trevor's not the guy? I think what I mean by that is everybody's going to make stuff up at this point, right? So, I mean, like they're going to throw out Zach Wilson, they're going to throw out Justin, you know. They're going to look for reasons not to take him number one. Not this team necessarily, yep. but people nationally. That's what happens with a story like this, right? Yeah, the the intriguing thing um, that I think is going to be less than normal is there's going to be no combine, right? There's going to be no national video evidence, right? If Justin Fields has a great pro day, great. The, the only story when a quarterback has his pro day, the only time there's a real story is if he doesn't right. have a great pro day. Like when Teddy Bridgewater didn't have a great pro day. These are all scheduled and set up a way for everyone to succeed. You know, there's a certain roadmap. You know, you're the one, you know, 15 intermediate routes, 15 quick routes, 15 deep. It's all set up. It's all rehearsed. So, but the fact that there is no combine, the fact that there's not going to be a lot of national visibility for these quarterbacks working out. Yeah, we're, you know, NFL Network and ESPN, everyone's going to show their pro days. But other than that, right. you're not going to hear a lot of buzz about their interviews unless somebody flops it and this and that. So, I, again, I, I don't think there's going to be – just someone's going to say, hey, the Jags and whatever Meyer likes to do, yeah, maybe Zach Wilson or, or Justin Fields is, is a better fit. But but no. I, I mean, it's just it – just, it's, it's, like, it's, like, it's like Andrew Luck. You know, there was some conversation, yeah, maybe Robert Griffin mm-hmm. is – is the guy, but there was more like, no, Andrew Luck was built for this. So Andrew Luck is going to be the first overall pick. I, I, you know, that's what I would liken the Trevor Lawrence thing to. The Ozone Podcast runs each week on the Jaguars official podcast network. And now more draft talk this week on the Huddle Up podcast. We broke down Bucky Brooks' top five prospects at the tight end position, a group that has been really difficult for the Jaguars organization to figure out over the last few years. These top five gentlemen 
in the tight end room will be on the target list, I think. Bucky, who you got? Oh, man, you, you talk about tight end position. You know, JP, if, if not for taking the quarterback at number one, if the Jaguars had their normal customary top ten pick, Kyle Pitts would be all over it. Not, Kyle at, Pitts number is, not at number one. No, not at number one, but if it was a top <laughs> ten pick. It was okay. a top ten okay. pick. Okay, I mean, number he's, six. He's one, yeah, he's one of the top five players in this draft class. He's a mismatch option. So he's not going to be available for the Jags. So where are we thinking – First round, top of the second round, the two guys, Pat Freermuth from Penn State is a guy. Big body, soft hands, does a great job of catching the ball over the middle of the field, can do the things that you would like to see done at that position. Hunter Long from Boston College. And look, maybe I'm dating myself, having played with Pete Mitchell. The Boston College thing, I just always think about Boston College tight ends, even though Pete was like a little on the shorter stature, not on the bigger stature. <laughs> Hunter Long, Hunter Long is a big body. He can post up over the middle of the field. He can put his hand in dirt and block. Reminds me a lot of Kyle Rudolph from the Minnesota Vikings. He's a very interesting guy. And you think about in the 30s, I think that's kind of the sweet spot. Top of the second, somewhere in there, Hunter Long could be one that we, we, we talk about. Brevin Jordan was number four on your list. Great he athlete. Was, he was banged Great up a athlete. lot at Miami, Bucky. Great athlete. Oh, yeah, he's, look, he's hurt a lot. I mean, he's, he's banged up. He's injured a lot. But from an athletic standpoint, terrific athlete. And we've seen how these athletes have been able to create problems. People are looking at Travis Kelsey and Darren Waller and the problems that they're able to give as kind of those jumbo-sized wideouts. He's not a stretch tight end, meaning he's not tall, but he is very athletic and fast, just like Trey McKitty from Georgia, who doesn't have a lot of numbers. Trey McKitty's numbers are not impressive, particularly at Georgia, but when he showed up at the Senior Bowl, you saw him move around. Similar. I think those two guys, if you think about the Tennessee Titans, Janu Smith, those guys are in that, that family. More athletic pass catchers that kind of do it. Maybe not be the, the big, nasty guys that can control the edge, but in the passing game, they're dangerous. The Huddle Up Podcast runs Wednesday mornings at 8 o'clock on the Jaguars' official podcast network. And finally, changes on the business side and leadership for the Jaguars. Senior Vice President of Communications Dan Edwards has been in the NFL since the early 80s. He started his career as an intern in the NFL League office in New York, spent a year with the Miami Dolphins, and then a number of years with the Pittsburgh Steelers. He joined the Jaguars before the Jaguars even played a game in 1994, and he's one of only a few Jags employees to be with the organization from the start. This week, he took on a new title and a new role, Senior Vice President of Jacksonville Tradition and Alumni. And he joined Jeff Lagerman and me on Jaguars Happy Hour Thursday afternoon to explain that new role and what it will mean for the organization. Let's get into this new role, Senior Vice President of Jacksonville Tradition and alumni, what will be your day-to-day duties now in this department? Uh, that's still being created. This was <laughs> this is a role that uh, Mark Lampion and I have been talking about this, and and uh, we saw a need and a role uh, that that could be filled. And and as I told him, we've never been great with our uh, alumni relations. We've been okay, but I think we can be better. Uh, we've got now some more history to, to, to build and to um, commemorate. Uh, the NFL Legends community is a league-wide program um, that really helps support players in, in their post-football career and, and life. And, and so uh, this will really be my focus. Those are kind of the three prongs. Um, in addition to a lot of outreach in the community, a lot of – that's why it, that title was kind of uh, – uh, kind of strategic. The, the word Jacksonville is in it because this is really a, a focus on Jacksonville and connecting the franchise with the city uh, as it has been for the last 25 years, maybe reconnecting in a lot of ways. Um, and, and tradition, rather than 
history because tradition is more uh, commemorating the past but looking forward. I think history would be just a look at, at the past. And so we wanted this to be kind of a, a um, forward-thinking, forward-looking role that would, would, again, help us connect our fan base, connect the community, um, and, and become a, a, a bigger part of, of what's going on in Jacksonville. Logs, you know this obviously better than most. There are a lot of former players for the Jaguars that end up staying in Jacksonville long term and so there's a lot of alumni guys around here every day yeah there's not only alumni players but there's a lot of former coaches that have decided to maintain jacksonville as their home base and uh i think that's an amazing thing and dan could tell you probably more more names and faces than i could but you know that's the pretty cool thing about jacksonville is that ever since that we we've been here since the very beginning dan obviously was here in 94 before the team even played a football game and and I came in free agency in 95 and have been with the organization in some capacity through every year. And so I've been fortunate to be able to meet just virtually everybody that Dan has. And uh, the number of friendships that uh, we've developed with players and coaches that have decided to stay here in Jacksonville, it's just it's amazing how big that number is. And it's just going to continue to grow because we live in such a great community. Yeah, that's right. And, and I think that that says a lot for the city and the community when 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 guys not only play their career here and stay, but you've got guys like like Mark Brunello, Tony Baselli, who went on and finished their careers in other cities, but moved back here and moved their families here. And I think that says a lot about the, the city, the community, what it has to offer. And, and again, we want to really uh, connect with those players, with those alumni who were such an important part of our history. Thanks to Dan Edwards for his leadership over the years and for his time this week. He's right around the corner still, which is good news for the Jaguars organization. Jaguars Happy Hour Radio airs Thursday at 4 o'clock on 1010XLAM and on Jaguars social channels and the podcast available right after the show on this podcast network. And congratulations also to the new VP of Communications, Amy Pausick. She'll report directly to head coach Urban Meyer and GM Trent Baalke, and she'll be a great addition for the Jaguars. Coming up this week, we're closing in on the opening of the 2021 NFL League year and the start of free agency. That all gets going at 4 o'clock Wednesday, March 17th. Happy St. Patrick's Day in a few weeks. Remember to subscribe to the official Jaguars Podcast Network on Apple iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. Leave a comment for us and give us five stars and have a great weekend. Thanks for listening. I'm J.P. Shadrick. We'll catch you next week on the Jaguars Broadcast Weekend Review Podcast presented by TIAA Bank.